0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Come at get you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy. starts Now.
2: G'day, guys. It's Daniel Goddard from Young and the Restless, and this is my Australian accent. It's uh, Buzzworthy Radio, and it is a fantastic place to be.
3: And welcome back, everybody, to Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. The day hasn't changed. It's still Monday, October 12, 2009. We're going to be joined by two guests this hour. First up, we're going to have Taylor Kinney on from NBC's Trauma. And then coming up in the next half hour, we're going to be joined by million-dollar listings, Chad Rogers from Bravo. So make sure you guys tune in for both of these guests. It's going to be a great hour because we're going to do some do some throwback interviews this hour so make sure you guys check out for that. Um, so in a few minutes we're going to be joined by Tyler Kinney but I also want to give you some um, updates as to some couple of upcoming guests we got coming on the show. Tomorrow at 10:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time we're going to be joined by Lisa Los Cicero, who plays the role of Olivia on ABC Times general hospital. We're going to be joined by her tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. I actually had a chance to speak to her when she was a guest on Joanne's show, uh, Stardust Radio, so make sure you guys check that out tomorrow. But you know what? we got something better for you for you today. Right now, we are joined by one of the stars of one of the hottest shows that is on NBC right now. It's called Trauma. He plays the role of Glenn Morris, the rookie EMT and aspiring novelist. Get it up for Mr. Taylor. Kenny, he's on the line with us right now. How are you, sir? One moment. All righty. So make sure you guys check out Lisa list. Taylor, can you right. join us? Hello? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. Thanks for stopping on over. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so let's let's talk about your your part here on this this show, which is pretty much one of my favorite shows right now on NBC. Uh, you play you play Glen Morris. What, what what's the deal with Glenn Morris? Let's let's talk about that.
0: Um, he's a well, I play rookie EMT. He's new to the city. He's new to the job. Um, doesn't have the uh, the streets, I guess, of just on the job experience that the others the others have. Um, so he's pretty green, but he's always, you know, he's always the first one to jump into things and he's a bit headstrong with that. Um, maybe overly ambitious in what he's doing. So it, he makes a lot of mistakes, but he has good intentions and, uh, he's learning, uh, in the process. So we'll uh, see him, we'll see him take the brunt of the, of the, of the jokes and of the, uh, you know whatever that entails being the new guy. He said he has to clean up after everybody. He's uh, kind of last in line, um, but he has a good heart and he means well.
3: Absolutely. And besides being a rookie MT, his character is also a aspiring novelist. Uh, yeah, a, a big observer.
0: Um, he's well traveled. Um, uh just writes a lot. So it, it started off as. Uh, more or less journaling, and then through his experiences and and other places he, he's been, it's uh, it's kind of taken new heights. So yeah, I think the novel is a is a, a lofty a lofty goal, but that's the, that's the that's the idea.
3: What's the what's the main thing for you, in your opinion, that excites you most about when you do this show, when you do these episodes? Like what 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 stands out for you when you Go on to that, and it's just like, what causes the adrenaline rush? Because really, when you're watching this show, it's like, man, I can't yeah. believe real EMTs and paramedics do this stuff all the time. It, it's it, it is a rush.
0: Um, I, well, first off, to answer your question, um, is the people behind the show the the pedigree of the people involved um, from Peter Berg, um, Jeffrey Reiner is an executive producer. Who directed a a good bit of our episodes and I knew these people going in I knew the work they've done and that was that was exciting going into it and then let alone to book the job is you know that's a dream job but once I got up here to San Francisco um, I had a bit of time Um, I had a good maybe a good month before I started shooting and I was able to do I was lucky enough to do ride-alongs with um, some of the paramedics EMTs in San Francisco uh, as well as the, the the firemen and that is kind of well that's the backbone of our show and and um what these people do for a living and and to be able to do that that was that helped out you know exponentially it was you know i i went on calls for uh um, seizures for heart attacks for drug overdoses for uh fractured hips for accidents, for, you know, respiratory failures, uh, you know, just problems. And, and, and it is, you know, you'll be right around the city, you know, and you, you won't have a call. And then, you know, so a dispatch comes over the radio and and calls you to a call and you flick those lights on and just start, you know, hauling ass all through the city. And it, it, your, your blood gets going. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And same with the, same with the firemen um, going on calls with those guys. And they are, they get, they get a certain amount of respect just from, uh, you know, civilians, people in the street with the nod of the head or, or whatever. It's, it's, um, it's pretty cool.
3: I, I envy all those guys just by how you just described that. I envy all of them to what, <laughs> what they do. Cause that, that, that's kind of scary for me. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: a certain breed of people. It's not everyone can do it. And, uh, I think one of the things that that i that not i didn't i wasn't like astonished or anything but i you know if you put yourself in their shoes and and have to deal with the things that they deal with on a daily basis um it's a it's it's amazing the um just just the poise that they they have in their lives these people like the the sense of the sense of humor that that goes along with the job and i i think it's almost in order just to deal with it um so you're not just kind of bogged down. I mean, some of the things you see are, you know, it's tough to stomach, you know, you'll see whether it's, you know, a, a younger, a younger person in a, in an auto accident or, um, you know, someone, you know, just really in a bad way, um, not to be able to take that, not to be able to take that home. So they have a way of, I I wouldn't say leaving it at at the door, but it's almost like a job, you know, it, well, it is a job, but you treat it, as a job, not not where you, not to get emotionally attached in the moment, um, because then you know you suffer, your work suffers. So yeah. I was I was amazed at that. They have this this ability
3: that um, I think most people don't have. Exactly, exactly. I mean, because you have you have the real you have the real AMTs on the set, you have the real firemen on the set, you have the real paramedics on the set. And it's just like it's just like it's head on with what you guys are doing. From what I'm hearing about how it's described, and when you film episodes, it's like you're you're actually like right there in the moment. It's like you're really living the lives of all these guys of what they do every day in and out every day. Um, you know, you gotta use signals to when you gotta do lines because it's it, it's you're really right into it. You have no idea when they're gonna when your cue is to what they're saying or when you have to speak up. Because you're right you're right there, so i yeah. think that, I think that's the most interesting about this about this show is that you you're right there in it you're right there head on it yeah it's um it's great the experience itself and
0: you know and i'm i think we're doing we're doing better um as as we as we progress in in the show and and the episodes of mixing mixing up uh you know the events uh with with character stuff and I know the You know, I just hope we keep more eyes on it. Um, The characters get, you know, they grow more and, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to to relate more, empathize more. And uh, we still have some of the the larger, like, um, accidents and things we're responding to. But it's going to be more uh, character-based. I see the pilot was, the first episode was, you know, it was a bit it was a bit much. There's so much, you know, so much uh, chaos and explosions and all that. And I think people got um, a little overwhelmed, um, but it slows right. down and we get, we get to the heart of, of these characters and what makes them tick. And, um, and I, I think people respond to that.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think we'll see more about what, what makes these characters tick as the show progresses, basically?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, with the pilot, with what we saw, with what the viewers saw, it was a lot of. I mean, it was a glimpse, but it was everything was so fast paced. It was like, okay, this. It was just a, you know, a, a blip, um and then I, it does. It slows down. We get to know, you know, Marissa's background and her experiences in Iraq. We get to know Boone, the family man. You know, his experiences and you know why he's in the situation he's in, and it's and and Rabbit like. It, not to just pinpoint him as like, "Oh, he's the bad guy, he's the bad man, or like you know the you know the rebel, like you understand why they they work like this and and why they react to certain situations that you may have not known before, um certainly with Nancy, and um and then myself with with Glenn, with his character, I mean, you watch him evolve um and it's it's not just the medicine. we see these people get better with the medicine or my character anyway. But it's, we'll have different storylines, so I think that I, that excites me because I want people to I want people to know that as well. That it's not just you know you do not every week when you tune in, it's not just going to be um, oh what what action is it going to be this week and it's going to be the major theme of the show. Um, I also want people to tune in for the characters to see you know where their lives are going or where they've been to learn more about that you know the human element.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Taylor Kinney, everybody. Uh, Glenn Morris on NBC's Trauma on tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Make sure you catch the episodes if you don't see it live. Hulu.com and NBC.com. Thanks so much for stopping us over, sir. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for having mm-hmm.
3: me. Absolutely. Come back anytime. All right. <laughs> all right, brother. All right. Thanks. All right. Now, since we got like, oh boy. My math, my math is kicking off on me again. Uh, 40 minutes. There we go. I got it. Got it. 40 minutes before we have our next guest. What we're going to do is, how I said in the beginning, we're going to do some throwback interviews right now. Four back-to-back 10-minute interviews that we are going to be winding it down to until we get onto our next guest. So you're going to hear me, but you're not going to hear me live, but you're going to hear me talking to some other guests. And you know what? I decided since it was a trauma day, we're gonna have some uh, trauma throwback interviews. So we got four. We got four interviews. Three out of the four are trauma guests. One of them is from Bravo to honor our Bravo guests from uh, uh, actually coming up at 11:20. So yes, first up we got Amy Garcia, then we got Jeffrey Reiner, Derek Luke, and then Curtis, aka the door. Horror. Loved those shows. I loved them. So. I'm going to be throwing these back on right now, but first up, you got Amy Garcia, so enjoy. enjoy. We'll see you back in a bit. Hello. Amy, are you with? I am. How are you?
4: I'm great. How are you, Lee?
3: I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for stopping on over here.
4: Thank you for having
3: Absolutely. So you are playing... The helicopter pilot, Marissa Ben is in uh, Trauma, with airs tonight at 9 on NBC. You want to describe your character for us a little bit?
4: Sure. She is badass and cool. I love her. I mean, she's uh, she rolls with the boys. She's fearless. She's inexperienced army Iraq veteran. She's used to flying the coolest Blackhawks ever and being shot at and landing safely and uh, she gets to throw a right punch to her co-star Cliff Curtis. So I pretty much hope to one day be as cool as Marissa (laughs) You
3: Gotta love playing those badass characters. I love it. And this show, um, as I was speaking with uh, executive producer Jeff Reiner last week, I was talking about this show and it's just like, it's so, it's so real that it's not fake. I think when you watch it, you know, it is. yeah, I was, I was going to say it's so, it's so real. It's not fake because it's just like you, you're actually seeing these guys go straight into the action. How can you fake that? And, With everybody there, that with all the EMTs and all that stuff that is surrounding you, that it is helping you guys. And from what I understand, it is like you—you guys are now getting it down pat, exactly what these guys do day in and day out, when when all this stuff happens. So, it's like it's very—it's very exciting, and it's—it has a rush to it.
4: It does. I mean, in the pilot episode, we actually shut down a major freeway in San Francisco and staged a five-story tanker explosion. And that is what you usually see in big-budget movies, and that is what we are doing for a TV show. And if you see the characters run, run from a huge fireball, it's actually the actors running away from a huge fireball where we can feel the embers in the back of our neck. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. I mean, it's like a war zone out there. And, uh, and you're right, a lot of our paramedics on the show, which you'll see tonight, are actual paramedics or actual AMTs. The people who come play firefighters are actual firefighters. Um, You know, we don't have computer-generated helicopter. Production has actually bought my 212 utility bell, and I'm sitting inside Uh a helicopter. So it's a very real, almost documentary-like show, which you're right, you can't fake. I mean, we don't even know where the cameras are half the time, because most of the time I'm I'm hanging from a four-story crane inside Alice helicopter, and I have no um, the last thing on my mind is where's the camera and does my hair look good? I'm thinking, I really hope that this crane operator is professional because he's not a (laughs) McGonner.
3: Right, exactly. Exactly. And you you just describing that to me. I'm like, oh my God, they get to they actually get to do that. And you said like fireballs and feeling all that stuff behind you and I'm like, there's no Stuntmen or woman that come in and all that stuff. That's just all you guys. Have asked. Yeah,
4: I mean we do have stunt people, but for the most part, I mean I'm constantly looking for an olive skin stunt girl, and I don't see one. I'm like, where is my stunt double to do this, you know, car chasing scene? I'm like, oh no no, you're gonna be in the car. And I'm thinking, oh okay cool, well welcome to trauma, you know. So, but I think I think um, that the audience will pick up on that. I mean we're not you know, diva actors asking, you know, for our martinis on set. We're like out there. I mean, I have a bruise. It's the most unsexy thing on my leg the size of a softball. And that's Mm -hmm. because I have an incident in the in the helicopter and the controls were hitting all over the place. So I think that the audience will pick up on that and think, like, we don't have time to act because we're too busy reacting. A lot of times even when the helicopter rotors are on, we can't hear each other. As right. as actors. So I'm literally giving hand signals to Derek Luke, who's giving, you know, hand signals to Cliff so that we can see each other's lines on time. And and that's really what these paramedics have to deal with. They're not walking into a cushy operating room. They're walking into, you know, uh, a middle of a gang shooting. It's not pretty. I mean, it's always mm. kind of raw, and you have to improvise. And as actors, we have to improvise as well. So there's a very kind of... Um, like I said, documentary kind of feel to it, but uh, we're getting better and better with the with the medicine, and you know, hopefully the paramedics will uh, will say that we're on the right track.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. This sounds this sounds exciting, and you know, a lot of a lot of the fans out there will remember you best. I I, I do specifically, obviously, because this was one of my favorite shows when you played Veronica on Aww. George Lopez. Loved mm-hmm. that show. Loved your character on there. Definitely how you were just describing uh, the diva actors, actors and actresses. It just made me think of Veronica so much.
4: <laughs>
3: I don't mean that in a bad way, obviously, but <laughs> I just oh. love that character. And uh, um, what was it like? What was it like doing that show and working with George Lopez in the last season?
4: Well, it was great. I mean, I played Andy Garcia's daughter and George Lopez's niece. And when you go to work and Andy Garcia is saying, I really think we should enter the scene with you piggybacking me. And I'm thinking, who am I to deny Andy Garcia his wishes? You know, he says that we should enter with me on his back, you know. So I just, um, I mean, it was great. I'm I'm in between Oscar-nominated Andy Garcia and, you know, Emmy-nominated George Lopez. And for me it was a dream come true because there's not too many Latin characters who are millionaires. And here I am getting to play, you know, um, a character similar to Reese Witherspoon Illegally legally blonde and be all about my clothes and all about, you know, my hair. And I just thought, um, this is a dream. So, um, yeah, we just need Seinfeld in syndication. So George is feeling pretty cool right now.
3: Nice. Would you, uh, would you say that being a part of that show and working with George Lopez and Andy Garcia, um, they helped you as far as more in more in the acting field? Would you say your role now in trauma kind of helped? Uh, your Your role on George Lopez and working with them helped with what you're doing right now. Do you attribute that to that?
4: Absolutely, 100%. In fact the reason I got this role, according to the producers, is because of my comedic timing, which you wouldn't think of, you know, um, action medical drama on NBC um, to be funny, but a lot of these have incredible sense of humor because they have to. I mean, every day they're dealing with severed body parts, every day they're dealing with death, every day they're dealing with you know, um, you know, people on on a bad day, and some they can save, and some they can't. And in order to get through the day, they have to release, and their form of release is sense of humor. So I walked into the audition, and um, and also my Navy SEAL buddies are some of the funniest people I know. For the same, you know, they've been in the mud, they've been in the thick of it, so they have nothing. Um, is that bad compared to being overseas and putting your life on the line every single day? So I kind of took that into the audition and they said, you know, everyone was telling the story this war story so seriously but you walked in like uh, and just kind of threw it away and it was so funny and um, And I think that that's what actually got me the role and not to say that being a soldier appear paramedic or being a paramedic is a funny matter but they have a very Macabre, morbid, dark sense of humor. Um, right. They have. To. I mean, you know, they could walk into the scene of a car accident, and you're, and you know, Lee's head is there, and Lee's foot is over there, and it's, uh, it's a little disconcerting, you know, for the average layperson. But that's what these people deal with every day. They see human bodies in the most distorted, um, awkward you know, positions, and so um, they have to joke about it because they're not, they're heroes, but they're humans, you know, and that's what the show is about. It's about the human behind the hero. So, um, so yeah, I definitely credit George Lopez and Amy Garcia for helping me get this Peter Berg gig.
3: Absolutely. That's absolutely fantastic. So, guys, make sure you guys check out Amy Garcia on Trauma Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. You can catch it, online at nbc.com or hulu.com if you do miss it live. Amy Garcia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Hi, actor Derek Luke, who stars as paramedic Cameron Boone on NBC's new hit drama. Drama. Gosh, <laughs> I had to stop there for a minute. I had to stop there for a minute before I went on because I was good. I was like, did I just say the two words twice? And I was like, man,
5: I Man, I thought you you was a rapper, man. I like that. Wow.
3: That, that, like, that came right off the top of my head, man. I was no left or right.
5: Wow, Wow, man.
3: That's cool. (laughs) What's going on, man? Thanks for stopping on over.
5: Thank you very much, man. I'm just having fun, man.
3: Hey, that's the best way to do it, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. Always just, always having to. Having a good time is, you know, uh, being in a a, a very uh, vivacious, very character-driven city, and then on the top on the top of that, you know, you get to film and do a show that's just based on the lives of men and women every day that are are, uh, you know, doing due diligence that you know many people don't know about.
3: Absolutely. And we just had on where your co star the half hour ago, uh, Amy Garcia, and okay. I actually made this comment to her saying that this show is so real that it's not fake.
5: Woo! Wow, man, you just made me sit down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I meant that, man. It's like it's so real it's not fake. I mean I mean I'm dead serious. If you look at the rest of these kinds of shows that are out there, you can tell that this is this is fake. But you're you're watching this show and we're watching all of you actors and actresses that are doing this show right now, it's so real. There's no way that this is safe because it's like, it's its so action-packed that you, you, you're you right there in that moment. You, you're basically living the lives of paramedics and EMTs doing this day in and day out, which is, I think is one of the most amazing things about this show. It's so real and so fresh that you don't have the moment to breathe.
5: Yeah, wow. No, man, that was... Uh... That was well put and I I believe that, you know, Dario, uh you know, the writer and creator and Peter Berg, that was the intentions and th- and that's what I love about working with this team is that, you know, part of along with our characters, what, you know, the actors of a such a diverse cast bring to it is you know, the realism of of their of their work. And, you know, uh, that's a compliment. We want people to feel like it's intense and it's real, dealing with real life, real situations.
3: Yes. Now, now there's something I I I did want to uh, bring up, and this this is actually something I, I am actually still talking about now. Uh, you actually were in Denzel Washington's directorial debut movie, Antoine Fisher. Yeah. Young man in that movie, and. Won you lots, lots of acclaim from that film. What was it like working under under Mr. Washington? I, I bet that was a thrill for you.
5: You know, I I would have, I would have loved, uh, you know, I I I would have loved, you know, just you know watching him. But you know, in my what was interesting about Antoine Fisher, it was a story about a coach and a player, because. Mm-hmm he made he he encouraged me to rise up. He was like, "Derek, you know, you're the lead actor, I'm not." And I was like, "Whoa." And he was just so nice. like, oh. and he just says, you know, uh he didn't tell me what and what not to do. He just said it without speaking. And, you know, that has always been the quiet mentorship that has you know always been a beacon in my career is that you know i've I've learned from you know the best and his approach was very gentle you know it and I saw you didn't have to be a a jack or a to to be on top, so I thought that was pretty cool so let me ask you let me ask you this
3: um, would you take into effect with what you're doing now on on trauma? Um, would you say that uh, working under Denzel Washington helped you grow as an actor into this part that you're playing right now? Uh,
5: Yes. Uh, You know, working with uh, Denzel Washington was, you know, and Antoine Fisher set the bar of quality for me. I saw what it took to make a script, you know, I saw, you know, the rewrites of over 130, 150 times. I mm-hmm. saw, you know, the vulnerability of sometimes when we didn't know what we were going to say in the scene, trusting each other, not panicking out of anxiety, but just trusting on each other to say, hey, you know, let's work this out. I saw, you know, the nuts and bolts of how a project comes together. So when you're on a show like Trauma, which is a very high, intense, very real life very big budget uh show you know the money the budget that stuff doesn't bother you you just have your pace and it's kind of like being a paramedic because the higher the intensity the calmer a paramedic is and right. you know that's 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 how it's been and you know uh, you know Denzel is someone that I see you know the time to time you know based on both having Busy schedule, and when I see him, it's just nothing but love absolutely absolutely um, what
3: what have you learned most about doing doing this show, doing drama right now? because I think you're like you are like at eight episodes in filming, yeah already. Um, what have you learned most about doing it because it's just like it's, it's just seems like there's so much that you've just experienced in just about just in eight episodes' time
5: well uh in comparison to movies is the fact that if you're not if you're not writing it they may be writing it But what i mean is that you know r- weekly there's a script comes out where in a movie you study a script over a, a, a period of time but mm-hmm. in and in, and in t- on tv you can have a new personality in just a week
2: <laughs> so right
5: you have to stay on top of communicating It's almost like being a a a, a player on a uh, on a star player on a franchise team you're gonna have to you have to talk to the general manager your coach your offense and your defense just to communicate where with my approach before as a film I come out of the gate you know like like a like a horse or an animal and you just say uh, action, and you know I just do my thing. Where on this, it's much more of a communication. It's much more of a discussion. It's more of like, you know, you know, I I saw this in my character. You know, let's how how do we integrate this particular idea? So I love that about it because it makes you not just an actor but a producer. Okay.
3: Yeah. I like that. I like that assumption. I like that. Yeah, man. And. It, it just—it's another point I wanted to bring up um, as well—is that it, it, it seems like your acting chops really will um, have to be put into play because when you're doing those action sequences, it seems like you're—you're you're so in tune with what you're doing, you don't realize what others may be saying to keep. It in. you gotta say your lines to keep in time with that. So you kind of maybe have to do a little something on the side so that so that way you know it's. Time for you to speak. Is that right, you, or am I close? <laughs> uh,
5: you know, the the great thing about being in trauma is the different elements. Uh, one you brought up the action, and uh, what I'm seeing about action. A lot of times you can you can write the idea, but the actual moment comes organic, and and many times you just have to be available for what's natural and what's and what's real. And the writers do a great way of writing a runway, but the takeoff happens with the actor and the other actor that you're playing off. And uh, you know, I, I I love it because it's it's like you know when I first did Antoine Fisher, I had nothing to compare it to, and so is Trauma. You know, it's a new landing, it's a new it's a new space, and it's exciting.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So we are going to have them watching you tonight. on NBC 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time everybody and if you don't happen to see it live you can check out full episodes at NBC.com and at Hulu.com so make sure you guys check out Derek Luke on the show as Cameron Boone thank you so much for stopping on over here it was great having you
5: oh thank you man I wish I could rhyme like you did in the beginning so I wouldn't call that skill at all
4: (laughs) <laughs> hey man.
5: It was it was off the dome. It was unpredictable, man. I like it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very
2: uh,
3: much, man. Okay. Joined by executive producer of the new medical drama series, Trauma, Mr. Jeffrey Reiner is with us right now. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
3: Absolutely, sir. Thanks for being here. So you also produced Friday Night Lights, which is another amazing show, by the way. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Let's 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 talk about the, this uh, this show, Trauma. Here, like, what is so different about this drama series that you would not expect from any other drama series out there on TV?
2: Well, I think what's um, what's exciting about this show is that, first of all, I think we're dealing with everyday heroes. Who are taking on jobs that are really dangerous and really intense, and deal with uh, life and death situations, and not in a controlled environment, in a very uncontrolled environment? Um, imagine anybody doing their job. Imagine doing this interview in the middle of you know uh, a crowded, congested street uh, in San Francisco. You know, you it would. It would make it harder, right?
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and, you know, imagine trying to save lives in the streets of San Francisco. It is a hectic, uh, you know, it's a hectic, dangerous job. And the word trauma is, you know, obviously it works twofold, not only for the people who they're treating and the type of injuries, but also for how it affects their lives. And Mm. so, you know, these are people who are dealing with loss and and life and death, and you know how does it affect their lives you know how how do they deal with it and there's you know a lot of times it's humor a lot of times you know you can't be you know you can't take your work home you gotta take on almost a different uh, life uh um you know a different person- you know you almost have taken on a different personality so it's 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 a just it's just a very immediate urgent show.
3: Right. Because like and like I said before we brought you on, you you see them just running to to the trauma basically, uh, pun intended obviously, but they're running straight to it. Not away from it, they're running straight to all the action, everything that's going on right, right then and there. And that's really what appeals to me about this show. You see them go straight, straight at it. You, you yeah. don't see that. You don't see that on any other show, really.
2: Well, trust me, I've been on a ride-along with these people, and, the uh, into, you know, they get the call, and the anticipation, when I heard the call, it's like, oh, God, i got to go see this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, but even something as simple as getting, um, going to a, a rehabilitation house where a guy's having heart palpitations, you know? And obviously, he snuck out and did drugs, you know? The the what I was shocked was how much humanity these people have, you know how much patience they had for these people, and I kept on thinking, wow, man, how much is this costing our taxpayers? And right, but these people had so much uh, pathos for these people, and and that made them, I don't know, it was very heroic. You know, my mom was a school teacher, and you know what she did on a daily basis for you know sixth graders. Uh, just made her seem like a hero to me. And she wasn't being paid as much as a lot of people in our society. And these people aren't paid a lot. You know, but they choose this job for twofold. I think they they like the high octane, the the urgency of it. But they also, at the end of the day, like fixing people and making them feel better. And, I don't know, if that's not a hero, then you tell me what is.
3: Exactly. That's exactly true right there. How much... How much did you have to learn for this show? The reason I ask that is because do you guys have, like, the special... You have the special, like, EMTs that are there that, yeah, that yeah. help you out, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah, we probably have around... We have a full-time doctor on the set. Uh, and we have paramedics in the writer's room. And we have three paramedics on production. So at every given time, we usually have one to two paramedics on the set. And a lot of times I just put them in the show and let them... um Oh,
5: really?
3: Okay. And
2: let them, yeah, it's kind of what we did on Friday Night Lights. You know, we, you would use real people. So, you know, why use uh, a fake person when you can use a real person? And, you know, everybody mm-hmm. likes to act. Don't... uh I can get any person, if they know what they're doing in their real job, I put them in front of the camera and they'll end up being really, really good.
3: Right. That's pretty cool I, to, to actually be able to see that real people in that kind of a situation because you know, I think that makes it more, more exciting because now you're seeing these real people go ahead and do these actions. It may not be like the real deal on the set, but you know what? They, that's something that they do every single day. You know exactly I'm just telling, telling you, our,
2: our actors know what they're doing now. Mm. Our, our actors you know, they've ridden along enough, they've, they've, you know, after eight episodes that we've shot so far, they really know what they're, they're, they're doing. At first, it was really hard. The medicine. Oh, I believe it. And now, they all know, you know, I don't have to, they they don't have to tell them what they're doing, they know how to do it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty great.
3: That's amazing. That is amazing.
2: Well, that's the beautiful thing about actors, you know, they take on their role. And you can't fake it, you know. If people know, you know, can tell. So, you know, in all the great medical shows, at the end of the day, they know medicine better than, um, you know, any layman. And they certainly, uh, all that's missing is their medical school.
3: <laughs> you know, they may go for that next after after what how you're describing it to me. You never know. But that's really amazing. That's really awesome. I. Again, I've never heard any other show that is in it like this show has been. And speaking personally, uh, um, as an executive producer, you, uh, besides producing on the small screen, you produced in the big screen and written and directed in for the big screen. What's the, Is there, like, a major difference between the two when doing that? No,
2: there really isn't any more. You know, I vowed uh, when I was a young filmmaker to never do television. And as television progressed and became more filmic, there really isn't that big of a difference. You know, I mean, the big difference is you have more time on the big screen. and But, you know, we have a lot of people who work on trauma work on big features. Okay. And, and our, uh, um, you know, our special effects people. It's just we just have a little less time to do it, a lot less time. But, you know, the great thing about television is that You know, what we're shooting today is going to be on TV in a a month. And the immediacy of from what shooting to screening is so quick. And in movies, it takes so long to get a movie off the ground. And, And the beautiful thing as well is that you really get to go back with the characters. And week in and week out, you get to tell the stories of these characters. And they become your friends you know and they become
5: like yeah and i
2: think that's i don't know i think tv has become so ingrained in our hearts and i actually think people the the average uh american actually has a, a deeper uh seated relationship with television than they do than they do with movies
3: absolutely all right let's plug your let's plug trauma again it's on every monday at 9 eastern on NBC. If you miss it on NBC, you can catch the full episodes at Hulu.com or on NBC.com. Jeff Reiner serves as executive producer of the Medical Ensemble Series. Thanks so much for stopping here this morning. It was a pleasure talking to you.
2: Oh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Curtis, how Hello.
5: are
3: you? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. I, I, as I as I'm going to introduce you, I'm introducing you as Curtis, A.K.A. the Special Arrangement Coordinator, since you don't want to be called the Door Whore.
6: That's great. <laughs> Correct. It's actually Spatial Arrangement Coordinator and Spatial. Um, Spatial. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very it's a very you know serious title for a serious position.
3: And I, I have to ask before we before we really get into it, I'm like. How, how did you get the door whore and why
6: why would they call you that? I, I, I honestly I don't like it myself either. <laughs> you know I think it's actually like a restaurant term that's been used you know a while. I just don't think a lot of people knew about it. So as soon as I started working with, with Blythe, I actually worked with her at the restaurant before she went to Central 214. Um, I, I was given that title, but it, it goes to anyone who works you know the front door position at a restaurant. Mm. I think it's because, you know, your door is always open and you're constant, constantly letting people in, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I never would have got, I never would have, I seriously, I never would have guessed that. And now that you're telling me that, it makes sense, but still, it's like, really? Why couldn't you call him, like, a door specialist or something?
6: Or door specialist? Why door? Because... That sounds derogatory. <laughs> Well, it is derogatory, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're the lowest on the totem pole, and the, people like to walk on you and stuff, so, but, you know, I take it, and I own it, and, I mean, you know, sure, I have a special, you know, title for myself, but I'm not afraid to be a whore. There you go. I like that. I like you already. So, <laughs> so,
3: uh, let, let, let's describe this job here. You love working here. This is, like, the perfect summer job for you and everything, and, and you're doing the whole thing with school and wanting to start up your own company. How, how are you able to manage all this stuff in such
6: a, a short span? Because that, that's, that's amazing to me. Well, you know, it's actually quite simple. I just drink a lot. Is that it? <sighs>
5: <laughs>
6: I gotta take your advice then and do that, and I, I'm out.
5: <laughs> you know, it
6: solves it solves almost every problem that I've ever had. So that's what I would recommend to people. Um, no, actually, you know, I have a lot of you know career ambitions, but I don't want to take you know everything too seriously. So I've got my eye on the prize, and I'm working towards you know um, my goals in in school and with my education, and I have a dream of opening a business one day, but. I'm not ashamed that I'm a 25 working at a restaurant right now. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that people who want to hate on it are just, you know, covering up their own insecurities about life.
3: Do you have any idea exactly what kind of business you want to open or that's still up Well, thing ideally I would open
6: up a bar so I could drink for free all day. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, actually I have a, a few different ideas and actually I believe next week on the show you're going to get to see one of them. Um, my friend and I make board games, and some people from the restaurant are going to be trying out one of the games that we invented. It's called bar hopping, and it is, of course, a drinking game. Of course. It's wow, like, Go I how much I was going to sound like an alcoholic. I apologize.
3: Oh, no. I'm 24 years old, really. This has no flaw to me. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much like... Pretty much speaking to a party animal, as I was called by my mother. Uh, so really, I'm I'm all for it. It go big or go home is pretty much my statement to anybody that wants to do something like that. Right, exactly. Go big or go home. So that's it. That's it.
6: I, I, and if this does happen, I would like to attend your opening night. Just saying. Just All right. Well, I will definitely put out the invite, you know. <laughs> go big or go home is, you know, kind of the way I like to go in life. I mean, just look at my giant air, you know. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, it, it makes sense now as to why you cannot live without Tex-Mex and
6: margaritas now, now that you're saying
4: that. <laughs> I get this now. You no, know, I –
6: I've tried Mexican food all over the place and I know people are like really big on like authentic cuisine but nothing beats a giant bowl of like steaming hot queso with chips and, and salsa and and a hardcore frozen margarita. Nothing beats it. I I love margaritas, I really do, but when I'm in
3: Mexico drinking the, the drinking the stuff, I get knocked out after the first one cuz they're so freaking strong. I I could not <laughs> Dan Mexican margaritas. I, I was gone, even though I kept drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. I had, like, four tequila shots plus margarita drinks, like, three.
6: I was toasted, toasted. You just got to build up your endurance, man. You know, just keep working at it. Just don't give up. That's what I always tell everyone. I mean, I mean it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just, you know, do it to, your, to the fullest. <laughs> So keep
3: going, even though after you're already toasted.
6: (laughs) Exactly. So basically have one of your friends keep waking you up when you're passed out to take another job. It's the way to go. Are Are you speaking from experience, or is this something that's coming off the cuff now? You know what? It's off the cuff, and I'm I'm totally kidding. But um, okay, you know, okay. we okay. like we like to play around at the restaurant. I mean, that's what the naughty kitchen is all about—is
1: having fun with oh, yourself
6: exactly. and, and you know not being afraid to to be who you are and be crazy and put yourself out there and and get in trouble a little bit. You know, because life's too short. Exactly. I like that. I like that. So let me let me ask you this.
3: I know I gotta ask you this. As soon as I saw this about you, I had to ask it.
6: You are mistaken for Adam Lambert, really? Really? When, the sh- when uh you know, the finals were coming up on the show and Adam Lambert was, like, everywhere, I couldn't really go anywhere without people mentioning it. And I know it's, like, mainly the hair, um, but I'm a huge fan of his. So, I mean, if anything, you know, came out, you know, of being on the show, I would hope that it would be that I get to hang out with Adam Lambert, you know,
4: <laughs> and get, get,
6: a, get, a, get a singing lesson. I think it's a good thing. You know, I
3: think Adam is extremely popular, so... I, I think mean, he got robbed. Seriously. By the way, let me just put that on the record. He got robbed. Ah, uh, you're you're the one that's you're another one. I feel that way that he got robbed. I actually thought he did too, to be quite honest with you. But I I wasn't the one that picked him. <laughs> I wasn't the one that picked the actual winner is what I meant to say. But you uh, uh, know, I, if if I could, I would have picked Adam Lambert for sure. But uh, that's what you should do the next time is Next time you walk or walk into the restaurant, you should say you are Adam Lambert and see exactly what people would say to you.
5: you yeah, I, I
6: I'm gonna try that. You know, I mean, it wasn't my fault that I happened <laughs> to have his hairstyle before the show came on. It's not like you know I saw him on TV and was like, oh, I want to look like him. You know, someone just you know happened to have my my giant hair. He <laughs> <laughs> just happened to have. I'm down dead serious. See if
3: newcomers that come into the restaurant, you just walk up to the table and say, I'm I'm Lambert, I'd like to sit with you. See what they say. See if they buy you you a free drink or buy you a free dinner or something. Or, or, like, screaming girly fans will, like, want to get your autograph. I'm telling you, see if that works. i tried to do it. With me being Chris Rock, I almost got something. I almost (laughs) got something. But they didn't believe me. And if anything, people maybe will feel sorry for you, you know. No, they kinda of thought I was Chris Rock's brother, so I use that instead. And it did get oh, nice. so I'm uh, Oh, yeah. I could
6: be Adam Lambert's brother. I didn't even think about that. Uh, and then I could cry because, you know, I've been living my whole life in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go.
3: I like that. Sorry, right, let's 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 plug let's plug the sonata Kitchen right before you go. Um exactly where can they find it? When they can
6: find it. All that good stuff. Okay, so the, the Naughty Kitchen with Chef Blye's back is on auction every Tuesday night at 10:9 Central. It's about you know our, our Chef Blye's back. She has a larger than life personality. She's fun and she's crazy and she makes some really delicious naughty food. And you get to see what goes on behind the behind the uh, you know the walls of a restaurant inside the kitchen. And it, it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit of drama, but um, it com- kind of combines cooking show with you know a reality show and it's it's a little bit of everything so i hope everyone can tune in and see what it's all about
3: there you go straight for the man himself curtis thank you so much man i'm gonna have to check this restaurant out whenever i get a chance
6: please do and say hello when you get there
3: i absolutely will thanks so much for calling in man
6: absolutely have a great day.
3: All right, wow, four back-to-back throwback interviews, uh, Curtis, aka Dorhor, or, uh, Spatialist Coordinator, uh, Derek Luke, Jeffrey Reiner, and Amy Garcia, four throwback interviews right then and there, and also, we also had our live one with Mr. Taylor Kinney, um, as, he plays the role of Glenn Morris on drama as well, so, yeah, so we had, like, what, we just gave you a little play-by-play of, like, five interviews, and, uh, yeah, you know, it was fun listening to them, and it makes me sad, too, because when those are done, like, early in the morning, <laughs> when they're done, like, early in the morning, I have my morning voice, which means it's a lot deeper, and I make it seem like it's a lot, it's a lot, uh, yeah, i say it's a lot sexier. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on the show? Am I allowed to say that my voice is a lot sexier um, when I have my morning voice? And if I'm not allowed, well, i just it it anyway. So I, I I do feel that way. I do feel that way. But, you know, what can you do? All right. We are joined by our second live guest of, of this morning. Actually, third. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Third live guest of the morning. We are joined by uh, Chad Rogers from Million Dollar Listing on the Bravo Network. He's with us right now. How are you, sir? Hey,
1: I am good. It's early in the morning, and I'm ready to go.
3: <laughs> it, it is early in the morning. But you know what? It's Monday early morning. And you know what? If if you know, you just got to sit back and realize when you're doing this stuff with 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 me on this show, you forget that it's Monday. That that's pretty much how I work it.
1: Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but Monday is is like a Saturday as far as I'm concerned. Perception is reality.
3: That's exactly right. And you know, I may be 24, but even I probably would not have used that statement. And it's nice to find someone younger than I am that's actually saying those words to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. So you're 24, I'm 32. So, you know, it's all good. I love talking to, you know, younger people. So have you seen the show?
5: I have.
3: and And, you know, all I can say is that how did you how did you get into this business? That's the first thing I had to ask is how did you get into this? I mean, you you received your license at eighteen before getting your business degree at, at the University of Denver. I mean, how, really? How were you able to do that at so young? And
4: <laughs>
3: I just I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. You, you're just like you're doing all this stuff. You probably have like what millions of dollars right now spewing right now out of your pockets. Like what?
1: Where did your initiative come from? (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I don't like bragging, but what I'll do is I'll I'll just let you know. I fell into the business. I uh, had no idea what I was going to do in high school, like a lot of high school students. I don't know about you, but you know, I got to a crossroads where I'm like, okay, I'm now about to finish up high school. What's next? So I had a meeting with my dad, and um, yeah, we had lunch, and I'm like, Dad. I think I want to work for you in your mobile home park business. Uh, my father owns trailer parks across the country. So my dad was like, hey, Chad, there's no such thing as nepotism in, you know, our family. And if you really want to work with me, you're going to have to get your real estate license. And I'm like, no problem. So that summer, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, you might have been like hanging out, partying, you know, enjoying your, your you know, graduating life, uh, you know, after high school. And I was studying to pass uh, the real estate uh, license uh, exam that summer. So when I found out that I got the license, I was in um, Denver the first day of starting college at at the University of Denver. And, uh, you know, I did the whole four-year thing, took a lot of marketing and business classes. And, you know, at the end of uh, college, I came to another, you know, crossroads. I was like... What am I going to do next? You know, I don't want to work for my dad anymore in his mobile home park business. So mm-hmm. um, my, my parents were dear friends with a top producing agent in Beverly Hills. And she's like, have Chad call me. I'd love to talk to him. So when my, my mom said, hey, Valerie wants to uh, maybe hire you to work for her, I was like, um, there's no money in real estate. And um, my, my mom was like, just talk to her. So uh, I did, and she's like, Chad, if you don't make at least $150,000 your first year after college, you're doing something wrong. And right when I heard that, man, <laughs> that was all I needed to hear. I was on the first plane to L.A., and the rest is history.
3: The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is too funny. And,
3: you know, I, And if nobody heard of, of exactly where you work for, then they've been living under a rock, Hilton Highland, I mean,
1: come on, come on. Yeah, I love come. it. I work with some of the most incredibly talented people. Hilton Highland is is such an amazing firm. We're we're affiliated with Christie's, you know, the Christie's name, uh, the auction house. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's definitely given me a huge edge when it comes to marketing these high end properties because as you see you know, in that network, it's some of the wealthiest people in the world. Absolutely. And, excuse me, and I got to, I got to ask this too,
3: because, you know, you're, what you're doing now, you're, you know, you're selling properties in this, in this state of the economy, does that make it harder for you to do that? Or, do you you know, how how do you go about that? Because, yeah. Again, this is this is a uh, this is a really bad time right now in the U.S. of A. Man, and uh, in California, sure. it's not looking any uh, it's not looking any better, or, or anything.
1: And uh, how are you? How are you able to muster that? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I mean, uh, I've heard real estate agents in the high end say, "Oh, you know, the real estate market's not really affecting me." But I mean, that's a total lie. The the market correction has affected everyone and we've all had to make changes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's now time to step it up a notch. And, uh, now's the time where, and I say this on the show, uh, this market is going to separate the pros from the amateurs and the amateurs are going to get the hell out. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want to see. I don't want to see people selling houses that have no business selling houses. You know, a lot of agents got in this business because they just wanted to make easy money, and it's not easy money. But if you really love it, to do that, no, not at all. And if you love what you do, that's all that matters. You know, it's about taking care of your clients, and the commission is just icing on the cake. Mm Hmm.
3: I just, I just love the fact that people actually think. Because you know, I've heard people say that selling houses is like. The easiest, it's, it's easy money. I'm like, there's, there's no way selling houses is easy money. You, you know, you, got, you really got to put yourself out there, not just yourself, but, you know, you got to really give it to them as if they really want to chuck up this money to buy a certain house. What, what, pro, what property is it on? Um, land? Uh, what yeah. are the perks of not just outside the house, What it's in the house. What are they getting inside the house? Um, you know, I know some techniques where that people will try to get a house where nothing has been furnished because they want to do it up themselves because they find that mm-hmm. that's cheaper. So there's a lot of stuff that you
1: got to think about when you're doing all this stuff. And I don't think a no, lot of people think about that. But the bottom line is I'm going to simplify it for you right now. I'm just going to break it into layman's terms. You gotta show buyers the value, the added value that they're gonna get in the homes that they're purchasing. And as long as you could show them that, that's really all they want to know. They don't need to see every single closet. They don't need to hear everything under the sun. As long as that you could show them the value in this economy, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all that. That's all that it takes. That's all. That that's it, takes. it. If people want to know that they're not going to, you know, get into a situation where they're, they're going to buy a house and, you know, next year it's going to be worth 30% less, like a lot of people have seen, um, you know, happen in the last year. So now, you know, the truth is out. I mean, the secret's out of the bag. And, uh, you know, the people want to know that they're working with agents that have their back. And I'm definitely an agent that, that doesn't think about the commission more than I think about just taking care of my clients.
3: Right. Because again, like you said, if you love what you do, that's it. That's it for you, and that's just—I think—that's a bonus for you. And totally. Really, that will weed out the amateurs and the professionals of what exactly what it is that you do. And it, it sounds like you're you're in it for the long haul, man. You're not in it for—I mean, the money is a bonus. You're not in it for the money. Is basically what I
1: want to say. You're not in it for the dollar signs. You're in it because you want to do it and you love to right. do it. I mean, granted, it is my business, it's my livelihood, so of course I'm in it to make money, but, you know, the the fact of the matter is I'm dealing with people, and I'm taking care of them, and, you know, in doing that and, and making sure that I do the job the best of my ability, I'm making money, and I'm able to support a pretty nice lifestyle, but if I didn't feel like I was, I was you know, completely honest and giving people everything I could, then I wouldn't feel happy, and I wouldn't be smiling every day. I, you know, when I wake up and I look in the mirror, getting ready. And uh, I know a lot of agents um, will say whatever they have to say to make a deal, but not me. And uh, every day that I wake up, I'm, I'm happy because I love what I do. Absolutely. Well, the third season of Bravo's
3: Million Dollar Listing returns tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ladies and gentlemen. Chad Rogers, thank you so much, man, for coming out Yeah, here. well,
1: nice talking to you, man. And by the way, I'm having a premiere party tonight for uh, the, the new season. And if any of your listeners wants to, uh, you know, kind of get in on all the action, they could go to my blog site at chadrogersblog.com. It's the first post. They'll click the stickcam.com link, and they'll be right there with, with uh, everyone at my party. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I will check that out myself, man. Alright. Thanks so much for letting us know about that.
3: Oh, for Pleasure sure, man. It was
1: nice talking to you. Pleasure talking to you. South back anytime, alright? All right. Uh, thank you again. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Nice
3: guy. We we got some pretty we got some pretty hot uh people here on, on, on Buzz Radio this Monday morning, huh? Alright, Taylor Kinney and uh Anastasia Griffith, and now Chad Rogers. All right, three, three interviews in just a, just a matter of a morning. I, I think I'm ready to continue the rest of the day, but I hope you guys are going to go out there and continue the rest of your day, too, as well. And we're going to sign off in here. We're going to be back on tomorrow at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Coast Time with Lisa Lo Cicero from ABC Daytime General Hospital. Make sure you guys check us out tomorrow night. But for now, I am signing off. I'm Navelle J. Lee, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care.
6: Hi, this is Dr. Blockstein, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio on Block. What? No, I I can't do it like he does it. I I just can't. All right, I'll try.
1: (coughs) It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy. God, that hurts my voice.